You're listening to another New Hope Chapel podcast. Hi, this is Justin Hibbert, pastor of New Hope Chapel. Thanks so much for listening. Today you'll be hearing from me as we continue our series called Meeting Jesus. I want to speak about a man who's near and dear to my heart, a man named Zacchaeus. So if you have your Bible, turn with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 19. We'll look at a few verses here, beginning in verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. And when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. I'm going to tell you a story about a time um, in high school. I was taking driver's ed. And the way that driver's ed worked was that um, we would drive, and generally you'd drive and you'd pick up the next person, who, and they would drive you back to wherever you needed to go. So I was, I was, um, I was uh, being picked up by the driver's ed instructor, and in the driver's seat was a very cute 15 or 16-year-old girl. And I thought, all right, this, I like driver's ed. <laughs> it's not so bad. And so she gets into the back seat. I go in to get into the front seat. And the driver instructor says, are you good? Can, can you reach the pedals? Do you need a pillow? And I, and I thought, thank you for that. that. Now the most embarrassing moment of my life. You know, I... I was not always short. There was a time when I was considered tall. <laughs> it was in middle school. And uh, in fact, for those of you who know AECS folks, uh, Ryan Watson, Dale Crowner, these guys went on, they're 6'3", they're 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, whatever. They're really tall. Uh, to me, it's all relative. It all looks the same. <laughs> I just kind of look up and, and, uh, and try to get into a position where their head kind of blocks the sun. <laughs> and... Uh, and so these guys, would, they went on to play high school basketball and everything. They ended up be, being really tall. But there's a picture of us in middle school. And I'm standing in the back with them, and we're at the same level. And I, I treasure that picture. <laughs> it didn't last for too long. Um, and it was funny. I remember playing basketball in, in, in a youth league in middle school. And the, the coach was saying, okay, well, you can go up and you take, take the layup and you can put it off the backboard. But if you're tall like Justin, you can go and you can do a finger roll. I know that's hard for any of you to imagine. But, and I thought, man, I'm tall. This is great. I'm considered tall. And that lasted for, I think I didn't, I didn't grow anymore after middle school. But, you know, I never really thought much about it. I always felt like I was who I was and that's, that was that. And, um, and then my brother, if you haven't met him, his name's Patrick, 
and you wouldn't be able to pick him out as my brother because he looks nothing like me. And I always told people in the bus that he was switched at birth and all sorts of stories. And, uh, but I remember in my senior year in high school, he started off here, and by the summer, he was 5'10". Now he's 6'5". He's a huge, huge guy. And so everyone, you know, every time we're together, and they're like, oh, this is my brother, Justin, this is my brother, Patrick. And everyone's like, what happened to you? And I'm like, what do you mean what happened to me? What happened to him? Like, <laughs> have you seen my parents? They're 5'4 and 5'7". Obviously not part of our family. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember my, my college roommate once asked me, he said, Justin, does it bother you that being short? And I'm like, not until now. Thanks for, uh, thanks for pointing it out, buddy. I really appreciate that. So we're, we're told here about a story about a man named Zacchaeus. And it's, it's interesting because we're told two things about this guy. Number one, we're told that he's short. And number two, that we're, he's, we're told that he's a tax collector. Now, I can think of a lot of things that I want to be remembered for when I, when I pass away. But I sure hope you know, it's not, oh, he was short, and he was a tax collector, right? I mean, you can imagine him, like, going up to Zacchaeus later on. Hey, Zacchaeus, man, you made the Bible. Congratulations. Oh, yeah, what's said about me? You're short, and you're a tax collector. <laughs> awesome. Really, really awesome. So we're talking about this man named Zacchaeus. He was short. He was a tax collector. And so it says that he wanted to see who this Jesus was. So he, he, wasn't, he was short, so he ran into a, and climbed a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see, right? And, and it's a full tree, and so he's, he's climbing up there, and he's getting a good view of who Jesus is. And I can understand that. I can understand kind of tipping toe and being like, I can't see what's going on, you know. But um, so he, he, he hides up in this tree so he can see Jesus. And there's a couple things to note about this. First of all, sometimes, uh, first of all, he's a tax collector. You know, sometimes people say, you ever see those really short, you see the short guy and they're really muscular and they have a really bad temper and they're all in your face and people are like, oh, they're compensating for being short, right? And I wonder sometimes if Zacchaeus felt like he had to compensate for being short, that maybe being short, he needed a little extra, he needed some satisfaction, he needed a position in life in order to compensate for his lack of stature. I wonder about that. But it says that he was a tax collector. Now, the thing about tax collectors, this is interesting, because tax collectors were really hated in, uh, in, Jew- in Jewish society. And here's the reason why. There's a couple of reasons. First of all, remember, Israel was controlled by the Roman government, right? And so being controlled by the Roman government, they didn't think Rome had, uh, ha- should have been there at all. But here's Rome occupying Israel and imposing Israel with their taxes, including the head tax, which came about around the time of Jesus' birth and caused a big, um, a big disruption. There was a man who led a revolt. There was a whole people who revolted against the Romans, and the Romans crushed them. So there's always this tension. You see the Pharisees who come to Jesus and try to trick him, like, you know, should we pay the tax, the head tax to Caesar? There's also the temple tax. Now imagine this. Imagine if you wanted to go to church and before you got into the door, we held out a basket and said, got to pay the tax. That probably would not be a popular church. But who is the one that built the temple? Herod is the one who is, even though the temple is already built, Herod is the one who is given credit for beautifying the temple. Well, how did he beautify the temple and the temple mountain, everything around it? He had to use state funds. 
So here was this Roman leader, this pagan Roman leader, who was really into architecture and built these beautiful, beautiful facilities. And he would charge people to use them. So you want to cross the Bay Bridge? You've got to pay a toll. You want to enter into the, into the temple? You have to pay the tax. Tax collectors went around and collected tax from people. And because they collected tax from people, they had a couple of, they had a, they had a couple of responsibilities. First of all, they had uh, to give an account to the Romans. They had to, they had to meet some sort of quota. And in doing that, they could also pad their pockets a little. It's sort of like a used car salesman. They know how much they paid for the car, right? So they're going to charge you a little extra. And the more that they charge you extra, the more they can pad their pockets. So tax collectors were especially hated. Now think about this as well. Zacchaeus is a Jewish man. He is a tax collector working for the Roman government. So there's a lot of tension with the tax collectors. They call them sinners. They thought that everything, their whole career, everything that they did was swindling and was about and was cheating people. And Zacchaeus was one of them. He lived a lavish life. And even by his own admission, he says that he, um, that if, if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. So this is the man Zacchaeus, a little bit of background to him. Now let's talk about the encounter. The encounter is brief. We don't know if Jesus was what had even started speaking. In verse 5 we read, When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house tonight. I wonder what that was like. My personality... I would have hidden in the tree, not only because I was short, but because I didn't want to be seen. Because I, I, I'm, I like to be in the background. I don't want to be called out or anything like that. I'm just, even though I have a position where I'm often on the stage, I am an INFP. I'm an introvert. And so I don't mind hiding in the background. But I wonder what Zacchaeus felt. I wonder if he felt like a, he felt flattered. Yeah, I'm a notable, wealthy guy. I came to see this guy, and this guy is talking to me. I wonder if he felt scared. I don't, I don't know what he felt. But I do know what the crowd felt. Think about it. Jesus has this reputation for hanging out with the sinners, doesn't he? he, he he's known for this. He's not afraid to go into a place where there are people of ill repute and preach the gospel to them and reach out to them in love. And here the crowd, maybe perhaps some in the crowd know this and have always been thinking about this. Jesus is that guy, he'll hang out with the sinners. And here's this moment where he says, Zacchaeus, come down, i got to be at your house tonight. And I wonder what they thought. Here we go again. Here's Jesus hanging out with the sinners again. Here he is. This guy, this guy is just, he just, forget the, the religious, because who does he chastise the most in his ministry? He chastises the religious leaders, right? The Pharisees and the Sadducees. He's always on them for their hypocrisy. But Jesus, Jesus isn't afraid to hang out with the sinners. And here he goes, Zacchaeus, 
I'm hanging out with you. I've got to be at your house tonight. And I wonder if people thought, here we go again. Here's this Jesus guy. It's clear that he's only interested in hanging out with sinners. Here he is, he's only interested in hanging out with the wealthy. He's, he's not interested in the rest of us. I wonder if they thought, if they thought that. And Zacchaeus, I wonder if he thought two things. Number one, I wonder if he felt honored by Jesus. Or, or maybe proud might be a better word. Yeah, Jesus is talking to me because I'm the wealthy guy. On the other hand, I wonder if he felt convicted. Because here, he, here, here Jesus had also a reputation of talking about love and talking about uh, healing the sick and, and caring for the needy. He gave that message about uh, the, the Good Samaritan. He talked about what love is. And I think deep down Zacchaeus knew that the way he had acted was not very loving, that he had cheated people. And so he comes down all at once and welcomes him gladly. And in verse 8, so even though, I don't know about you, but I always got this impression that the story went like this, that Zacchaeus uh, came down, went home, got his house ready. I don't know if this is because of the way the song goes. Jesus comes to his house Jesus has dinner with them, and Zacchaeus comes out and is like, I'm giving everything to the poor, right? I, I always had that impression. And as I was reading the story over, I thought, this is interesting. We don't hear about the encounter at the home. We can almost assume that it happens, but maybe it happens later after this occurs, that perhaps what's happening is that he hears the people mumbling, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. And Zacchaeus right away gets to hear what people think about him. The short sinner. The short tax collector. There he is. And all at once, Zacchaeus stood up and said, Lord, look, here I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. So at some point, he has a change of heart. Perhaps it has to do a little bit with the pressure that's happening with the people around him. But also, there's something else. He knows, he's seen Jesus, he's interested in who Jesus is, and he knows what the right thing to do is. And he does it. And he gives his possessions. He pays back what he owes people. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So Jesus makes a couple of statements here. He says that he is a son of Abraham, but then he also says something else. He says that the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So he makes he is saying that Zacchaeus was lost and now he is found. So I think Jesus saw more than just someone who was willing to bend to the pressure of the crowd. Jesus saw a changed heart. When I think about this story and I think about Zacchaeus and I think about his heritage, now I don't know anything about his religious life, 
other than to say that he is a Jewish person and that he was interested in who Jesus was. That's all I can say. I don't know how faithfully he attended the, the, the temple or the synagogue at the time, how, how much he tried to observe the law or anything like that. But I, I, I can say this, that I wonder in our lives, you know, when we think about America, and I was thinking about this, that the United States, we call ourselves a Christian nation, right? And something like, there was the, a recent uh, a survey that went out, something like 75% of Americans said that they were Christians. And we start digging down and start asking questions like, do you believe that you're born again? The number dwindles to about like 15%. So even though that a lot of people don't profess a personal relationship with the Lord, there are a lot of them that identify at least with the Christian faith. And I think that there's a very small, very small, very small, uh, loud minority, maybe one one percent or so, that are atheists, that want nothing to do with God. But most in society want something to do with God. They want a moral society. They want a society of love and forgiveness and a society that they that they that gels with some of those Christian ideas that we see. The biblical values is kind of a key word that we hear often. And I wonder if Zacchaeus was sort of like that. That he, he looked out and said, yeah, I want, a, I want a good society. I want a biblical society. I want a godly society. Nobody doesn't want a godly society. I want a godly society. But Zacchaeus, I wondered, I wonder if he didn't apply it to himself. You know, that as a whole, we can say, well, this is what I want. But then when you ask someone, well, what about you? How are you going to make this more of a Christian nation? What's, what's your role in this? Oh, well, I'm not a religious person. So you expect other people to be something, but you don't want to make that commitment. How is that going to work? And I think at this moment, when I think about this story, is this is what I see. That Zacchaeus, and, and this is just me speculating here, that Zacchaeus maybe looked at the world that way. But the moment that Jesus looked at him in the eyes was the moment that Zacchaeus realized that he too, he too was responsible for this society. He too was responsible for godliness in Israel. He had a a primary role. He was a tax collector. And Jesus is looking right at him and so what, what, what I find so compelling about these stories of meeting Jesus is that there's no hiding from him. Jesus peers into the hearts of these people. The, the, these wealthy people like the rich young ruler, Zacchaeus, this primary tax collector, even some of the Gentiles we see, like Pilate, even, even the marginalized in society, the, the woman with the hemorrhaging problem or the person with leprosy or the woman caught in adultery. And, and Jesus looks them in the eye and says, this kingdom is for you. This is for you too. This is not for everybody else but you. This is for you. And so let me just encourage you with that, that what Jesus is saying in the, and when we look at these at these stories, and when you hear testimonies like Don's, 
This is Jesus speaking to us. This is for you. This is your kingdom. This is for you as well. Amen. Thank you for listening to New Hope Chapel's podcast. Located in Arnold, Maryland, New Hope Chapel is a small expression of the much larger body of Christ that spans across the world. We're a group of believers helping each other on our lifelong journeys to become like Jesus. While we have a variety of distinctives that make us a unique church, our main desire is to be God's church, to love Him, follow Him, to learn from Him, to let Him lead us and change our lives. We are His disciples and He is our rabbi. rabbi. Join us in the story that God is writing called New Hope Chapel. To learn more about our church, visit us at newhopechapel.org or check us out on Facebook slash newhopechapelmd. Be sure to subscribe to our podcasts and iTunes. Music kindly provided by the least of these. Thanks again for listening and God bless.